0: The Locked On Nuggets Podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from DenverStiffs.com, Adam Mates. What is
1: up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets Podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mates, from DenverStiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm joined today by an all star cast of superstar Nuggets bloggers. Seated to my left, Formerly of Denver Stiffs and currently Denver Stiffs Hall of Famer <laughs> and current writer for 5280 <laughs> Sportsnet, the King of Thornton himself. God, this is a long intro. <laughs> this is longer than <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeff Morton. Guys, this is like the Star Wars intro with, uh, with the words, yeah. but thank you. I appreciate that.
1: I forgot CSG. I, for, I mean, there's like a College good do another. Sports h- guys. Hand, uh,
0: who is Jeff? Who is Jeff? <laughs> CSG YouTube? 5280 YouTube? <laughs> He's I got hand, my hand Tracks Nightclub. <laughs> tracks nightclub. <laughs> up in the club, go to Charlie sometimes.
1: Uh, and, and risque <laughs> Instagram accounts. <Great. laughs> creator. Lots of shirtless pics. <laughs> <Lots> of shirtless. <laughs> Jeff doesn't hide his sexy. I do not. Seated across from me, another superstar blogger. Yes. With BSN Nuggets, never heard of it. It's Harrison Wind. What's up, guys? I'm
2: wondering what the requirements are to get into uh, Denver Stiffs Hall of Fame or. You have nuggets, to be Blogger, Hall of Fame, because there are really no <laughs> NBA Hall of Fame requirements. So. This is true.
0: Well, you have to be either really good or really awful, and I think I'm the awful end of it, so <laughs> just achieve one of those. <laughs> Fair enough. Seated to
1: my right. <laughs> Sorry, we have, I, have, I have new technology, and there's no guarantee that it, I'm going to not completely screw this up. <laughs> so, uh, but seated to my right. Superstar blogger for the Denver Stiffs That's right It is Mr. Zach Mikash. Also uh, co-host of the Pickaxe podcast. The <laughs> Pickaxe. <laughs> Another man of many titles. Um, um, titles I, I, I just
3: want to point out, you know, you say we're all superstar bloggers, but yet it doesn't feel like a lot of superstar uh, setup was done here for this podcast, seeing as how we've been having some early audio issues.
1: Everybody knows that I am the most um, technologically challenged 33-year-old <laughs> on the planet, so this, is, this should come as no surprise to anybody that I have no idea what I'm doing.
3: That's fair. Just, just so we're all on the same page.
1: Hold the mic closer to your oh, mouth. Sorry. I'm trying, oh, sorry. Yeah. You know I, you're not you know really one to criticize. All right. You know what? I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the volume and I'm like, man, I have to adjust volume. But but Zach is like standing Five feet away from his microphone. I like to
3: bring a soft voice uh, for the <laughs> listeners. Well,
0: you're—he like, <laughs> li- likes the breathy NPR thing. Yeah.
1: There we go. Look, you know what? I—it's I, correct because you were soft too, but cat. now this is
0: how you talk to a microphone.
1: You like—you yeah. make love to it.
0: I right? do. He, he never knew he had a cat. His cat <laughs> yes. named... his name was Husband. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: this is going to be a phenomenal <laughs> podcast. I can tell already. Um, so, we. Uh, We have an hour and a half in between two workouts for the Nuggets today, and so your options are either to go home, go to lunch, or do a podcast, and we're doing a podcast, but that means this is like Free Talk Friday, and what I mean by that is I did not plan anything. We're just going to sit here and BS and talk about the Nuggets, the NBA, um, the workouts, and I guess that's where we should start with the workouts because that's I think most people want to hear about the Nuggets and we will probably venture elsewhere. Um, but th- I think today's workout is actually pretty interesting because it's two centers, first of all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets are going to work out, everybody, so I don't think it's a big deal. But I think it's two really, really interesting centers. And I thought the interviews with them, yeah. look, we can't glean a whole lot. We didn't see the actual workout. But just going off of personalities, I feel like they're pretty contrasting personalities.
0: Did yeah. you get that mm-hmm. feeling? Yep. Yeah, well, I, um, the, um, the last one. Was he? Was uh, he? Jared <laughs> Allen. Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he was very reserved um, on, by, by the fact that I was getting complaints on my periscope that no one could hear him. <laughs> so I, I knew that immediately. I was like, oh, God. But he was very reserved. He was very. Uh, you're very laid back. Um, the other guy was... Uh, was <laughs> Justin Patton. <laughs> Justin Pastor Patton. There we go. And by the way, I do know these people. I'm just old, and I forget things. Um, but he seemed very, as you were saying, he was uh, kind of gregarious. You know, he was laughing a lot, Very, and he mentioned something about uh, Nikola Jokic mm. and um, getting, to, getting to know his game. So, I mean, that obviously made him your favorite. Um, <laughs> Automatically. <laughs> you what do you think, Zach?
3: Uh, I, I thought it was very interesting... Um, Um, Both of them, like I was saying, and and you kind of brought up, we probably shouldn't read into it um, too much, but like I was saying, I think it's interesting they're bringing in some centers uh, to look at. Jared Allen, um, impressive. I I was a little bit more uh, (laughs) impressed with his shooting ability. at least from the little bit that we saw, than 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 what I kind of expected. Adam, you kind of told me he, he's got a a mold similar to Javel McGee in terms of um, physical stature and athleticism. So I kind of just figured, all right, he's probably this he's is going to th- be as terrible of a shooter. And this is Javel based McGee. on
1: 20 minutes of research. Like, <laughs> My analysis should be taken with like giant grains of salt.
3: Fair enough, but I thought no, I I I, I like uh, I like Jared Allen. I think he could be a good guy um, for the Nuggets and um, and Patton as well. They both kind of fit that rim protector.
2: I don't know where you guys fall on this, but. I feel like to be, like, an, a plus NBA player, you need a sense of arrogance and mm. confidence and mm-hmm. maybe not cockiness, but maybe a little of it. And, like, y- you can see that with, like, obviously all the NBA star, star stars and all-stars throughout the league. They're cocky. They're confident. Right. They, they feel that they're the best player in the room when they walk into it. And I feel you need a sense of that. You know, if, if you're going to succeed in this league, I feel like you definitely need that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what you guys saw with uh, – if that's what you're getting at with uh, – Justin Patton.
1: I think more with Patton, it was he was incredibly comfortable in front of the camera. Like, that's, yeah. that's what I would – that's the way I would put it because, like, he's very articulate. He's very thoughtful. And, and it wasn't just that he, he referenced Nikola Jokic when he – here in front of Denver Media. But it was, you know, he likes that he's a high IQ player. He said he watched a lot of the Nuggets this year because of the style of play. And, like, everybody was – he said it was, like, a smart offense. And it was funny because you contrast that with Jared Allen. who's like, no, I – <laughs> Literally, I don't know if he knows who Nikola Jokic is, so it's kind of funny. And that look, you get in trouble trying to read too much into interviews, and we see so little of the of of the interview process and all this stuff. But it just was a clear, you, it was a very clear contrast of personality types and like the way that they think about at basketball, at least.
0: What I noticed about uh, Patton was he had very good regional awareness, too, because <laughs> <laughs> he went to Creighton. And, uh, regional awareness <laughs> is a brand <laughs> new draft term. <laughs> I love it. He, he, was, uh, he went to uh, Creighton, obviously, which is in Nebraska, and, of course, uh, he was familiar with the Nuggets going to do the training camp there last year, so he was, he, he was prepared. <laughs> he, it looked like he was just ready for some questions that, that the Nuggets uh, reporters would throw at him, too. Th- That's
1: a great way to put it. I think he did a little bit of homework before coming here which
0: is again
1: i think we could really overstate this cuz to a writer to us this is like we're like yeah this is awesome man, stuff it because it makes, makes our work. job more interesting yeah, right, right. <laughs> but it really doesn't matter man yeah. i mean i
3: thought it was interesting though his answer um when he was asked about whether or not he had attended any of the practices while the Nuggets were there. I thought it was a really cool answer to hear him say that, yeah, he went just, just for the simple fact that that's you know, really high-level basketball. tells so it shows you that the guy is, is certainly a basketball junkie yeah. um, and, and somebody who you know probably would, I mean, again, like you said, we don't want to glean too much from it, but obviously a guy who, um, who probably wants to spend a lot of time in the gym if he just wants to go watch practices.
1: Yeah.
2: L- let's get to what we really want to talk about. Like, is center a legitimate <laughs> uh,
1: direction that the Nuggets want to go at thirteen? Here, Here's the thing about it, and I said this on my podcast yesterday. Taking a rookie center is like taking a rookie point guard. I think those are the two positions that require the most time. And obviously they have uh, Mason Plumlee that they have indicated they want to bring back. So are they going to draft a third center that basically is like a D-League type player? In his? Re- and I think both of these guys are going to get murdered by... M- High level centers in the NBA
2: right, both of these guys will probably spend a good amount of time in the d league yeah. you know mm-hmm. if the Nuggets have a team or wherever that team might be
1: or the affiliate that they s- right. borrow so from. right
3: i mean they've got they 've got the ability though right because they got the two extra contracts now um, or two extra roster spots, so they can certainly they can certainly do that obviously the nuggets are one of those teams who is any unique advantage because they don 't really need uh, anybody to fill an immediate hole for them at least not a rookie that you're going to pick up on the thirteenth spot so I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to them picking one. I think it it would be more of a – if they took a center with a 13th overall pick, it kind of, to me, is more telling on maybe they're not feeling as strongly about what it's going to cost to bring back Mason Plumlee. So maybe they're bringing in a guy to be kind of that insurance policy in case somebody gives him a crazy offer. I don't think you're going to be able to rely on Jared Allen
2: or Justin Patton to be your backup center, though. That's fair. That's the thing, though. Like, this is the team that's going to be trying to make the playoffs next year, and I don't think you can give – but there's even another, ten or fifteen minutes to one of these. But
1: there's guys. another center on the roster already in and, and Kenneth Farid. <laughs> M- Michael Malone's <laughs> favorite center of the first three yes. months of the season. <laughs> More
3: bigger favorite than Darrell Arthur? Yeah. <laughs> you,
1: know, you know, what is funny? It is kind of funny to think about. The Nuggets had Yusuf Nurkic Nikola Jokic on their roster to start the season, and Kenneth Farid was playing like ten minutes of center for a game. <laughs> Good God, That's right. crazy to think about. Um but no need to relive old glories. Um,
2: <laughs> right, right. Uh well well my my thing about where they're at at 13. I think they should try to move up or try to move back. I don't I don't really like any of these guys it's at an awkward at, spot, at, right? 13 for them. You don't like
1: OG. I do.
2: He's the last guy I would like at 13. Yeah. If he falls to 13, he's kind of the last guy who I feel like would be something of value to them.
1: Yeah.
2: At that spot. Otherwise, I try I try to trade up, I try to trade back, but I don't really like the guys that seem like they could be there at 13.
1: Are you guys as concerned at all as I am about the possibility of the Nuggets entering the second week of free agency and having like $50 million to spend and not a lot of options to spend it yes. on? Yes.
0: Yeah, that's definite possibility. I mean, especially with this year where, I mean, let's face it, there's going to be some decisions some teams are going to be making with the dominance of the uh, Warriors. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Some people will be mm-hmm. like, you know, s- screw it, we're not even going to spend money this year. Why you know because this team's going to be dominant for the next five years. So, you know, that may, could definitely pay, play a factor in how much money the Nuggets will have. You know, and it also would play a factor in the Plumlee decision, which right, is right. which is which is a big decision. Um, and I, I think that you know Harrison, I wanted to springboard off of what something he said. Either they trade f- up or trade back. I don't like their position at thirteen at all, and I don't get the feeling that there's a lot of people who see the prospects that are coming are coming in kind of circling around 13 that are really worth the 13th pick. And I I can actually, if it was me, I would trade back. I would trade back and pick someone I actually like. Is there somebody (coughs) back in the late part of the draft that you like? Um, Well, yeah, a guy who's coming in later today. T.J. Leaf. T.J. Leaf. There you go. I'm all in on this – all offense, no defense. Nuggets, yes, <laughs> let's do it. I, I, uh, listen, I want to relive the '80s, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is that's what I would do. But I don't, and you know, just specifically on on what Harrison was saying, I just there's not going to be a lot of opportunity to move up, and there's going to be probably more opportunity to move back if people see someone right at that spot. So. If I was the Nuggets, I would take that opportunity to trade back. Right. Yeah. I'm with,
3: with you guys as well. I mean, OG uh, is maybe the one guy... Because, again, the Nuggets the Nuggets can afford to bring him on, along slowly with the injury. Uh, they don't need him to contribute right away. However, he is a guy who profiles as a, as a very good defender or could become a very good defender in the NBA. Obviously, that's something the Nuggets need. Um, so him... I, I might I might take him at thirteen. Otherwise, I'm I'm kind of the opposite of Jeff. I want them to to push as hard as they can to trade up. A, they've got too many guys on the roster anyways. They need to move somebody. Uh, and Jonathan Isaac is is just such a good fit for this team. Like I, if I'm the Nuggets, I'm going all in for him. Can they get him? I I don't know. I mean, can you convince someone to take thirteen Wilson Chandler and Will Barton or something like
1: that, and maybe even another first. The, um, you're talking about Orlando because, like, five is the Kings, and I think they're going to take a point guard, right? Yeah, Dennis Smith, I mean, Jr., Fox, me. one of those two. I just can't imagine them going for somebody else. But um, So then you're talking about the Magic. After them is Minnesota, mm-hmm. which, I, I mean.
2: I mean, Minnesota's not going to pass on
3: Isaac. No, yeah, that's probably nice not. Hit.
1: I don't know, but Tibbs, you know Tibbs has been notoriously, like, who cares about three years from now it's win right now? So... Uh, but I, I'm with you. It doesn't make sense to me, but but Tibbs is the wild card there. The that's other true. wild card is that's a division. Yeah. I mean, can you really trade? The pieces it would take, by the way, is going to be a combination of vets, and like it would be Wilson Chandler and Moutier yeah. and Beasley or something you know, and a pick, something like that. And can the
0: Nuggets really risk having one of those guys end up being a star of the way Nurkic is? Actually, uh, I haven't thought about that because he, he, the Minnesota is the one wild card. And I would, if they're going to do that, I could see the Nuggets taking the seventh pick and maybe Ricky Rubio in exchange for the 13th pick, uh, Wilson Chandler, you know, which is probably the biggest piece the Nuggets have uh, aside from Kenneth Fareed. Oh, and obviously Nikola Jokic, but I'm taking him off the completely off the table. Um, and maybe, maybe that and just taking that to get the seventh pick. If the Nuggets wanted to go that direction, take back Rubio and get, uh, get, um, What's his name? Isaac. (laughs) So I want to get you guys' take on this because
2: because Jeff said this earlier about just throwing away this year and next or next year and saying, oh, I mean, look at the Warriors. The Warriors are going to come back. They're going to be even better next year, and building for a time past the Warriors. You know, building for three or four years from now. Right. I mean, how realistic is that though? Because there are only certain situations you look at Philly where you can pull something off like that right. I, I just don't think in a perfect world yeah I mean it'd be great if you could just let Jamal Murray and Gary and Wancho and Malik and Jokic go out there for 82 games just run around and mix it up but it's just it, it doesn't work like that you got you still have to operate like as a business you still have to be trending upward so I mean in a perfect world I would love for you know Denver just to hold off and keep the books clean for another two years. But I feel like they got to be still trending upward.
0: The NBA has become to me a, a league of excellence or resignation. And it's increasingly become that way the last 10 years where more and more people will be like, if I definitely am not competing for a championship, I am not going to invest in players that will bump up our wins, maybe two, three games. And then get another player that's going to bump us up another two, three games on top of that. If if it's not all in, they're not willing to go to that area, which the NBA always, always traditionally relied on, is that mediocre team, to make the playoffs, like the back end of the playoffs, at least a little more competitive, at least than they were this year. I can see that more and more and with the Warriors. I can see that being really dispiriting for a lot of a lot of teams. Now I'm I'm with you though, uh, Harrison. Personally, I think people take the easy way out a lot, and they don't—they—they they re- resign for the easier time rather than b- making their team as best as they possibly can get. And I think when you have to make that decision, it's a hard decision because so you can definitely turn your team into a pile of crap by doing that. But I mean, what other choice do you got? You either gotta you gotta fight or die. Yep. And a lot of teams will, I think, have been choosing to die rather than do that.
1: Before you answer, Zach, mm-hmm. are you guys? It's pretty warm in here, right? It's a warm feeling. No, am I the only one? Yes, uh, okay, because I was wondering because Zach has best, a vest right? <laughs> on, and I was sitting here like, man, it's like 90 degrees in here. <laughs> I'm All on. right, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> this so a comfortable bad. temperature. Um,
3: Outside of my, my personal attire choices, though. <laughs> uh, what I think what, what's really interesting about about what you bring up, Harrison, is that the Nuggets, they almost could play Jamal, Gary, Nikola, Wancho, and Malik and still probably get close to getting that eighth seed anyways. I think there's enough talent there between those guys and the continued development um, that I think they're going to be competitive anyways. But you've got to think about this. is is When the Nuggets get to four years from now or whenever, when, when Jokic and Murray and these guys are hitting their primes, you're not gonna. You're gonna need to add pieces, and if you've done nothing the past four years except for almost actively trying not to be competitive, I mean, how are you gonna sell that to a free agent? Like, oh, now no, suddenly now we're gonna just totally flip the switch and be and be a, a team who wants to win. I don't think you can sell that. So, in my opinion, the Nuggets just keep the course. Look, they're not they're not projected to compete for a championship, even if the Warriors weren't as good as they are. They're not projected to compete for a championship for the next couple of seasons. So keep fighting, keep getting that development, keep trying to pick up smart signings where you can, and then when the Warriors start to fall off, when they start starting to figure out how they're going to pay all these guys, um, then you make your
1: move. I wished I believed that part, <laughs> but like I don't know if it. I, mean, I love yoga. You guys know I think Jokic is a stud, and, and and Harris Murray, like Murray is the guy that that I don't know that we can extrapolate minutes right because he has to make a big leap, and I think he will. But but the leap that he has to make to be the type of guy you can rely on for 30 something minutes a game in year two is pretty big, mm-hmm. and I think it's more of a two-year leap that he'll make you know over the next two seasons. So. I don't. I don't know if I agree that the young guys could be competitive. I think if you if you just win a youth movement, and maybe Farid was the one. Freed and Plumlee were the two vets on the roster, and nobody else. To me, I think that's like a thirty-three win team. Uh, wh- wh- what do you guys
0: think? I think the Nuggets got forty wins primarily because of the vets on the squad. I, th- I think they probably were peaked out at about thirty-one, thirty-two wins. I think there was at least eight wins that got them forty. I think. The problem is if you if you say that yes, everyone out is going to be first or second year players, or third year players, or fourth year players, like Gary Harris would be. You're uh, you're going out there saying this squad is not necessarily going to be competing for the playoffs. At least that's what you're, the signal you're saying. It. Right, and that's why you never see a team not go without at least having a, a veteran starting lineup. And it's particularly in the case of Wancho, um, and you won't a lot of teams just really didn't scout him last year. And now they've got tape on him. And the sophomore year is always the year that they kind of struggle a little bit at the start. And I think that that would be something that you would have to factor inevitably into any equation right there. That move like that would be like, we're just not competing for the playoffs this year. Which I'm not necessarily opposed to, by the way, <laughs> but <laughs> so you
1: know that teams don't do like the Nuggets yeah. can't do it. If this was year two of the rebuild, maybe, but this is year four of missing f- the playoffs. Yeah, basically so year, five, uh, uh, year, year, year five. Coming into year
0: coming into year five, yeah. um, and the, lad, the the longest streak the Nuggets had of missing the playoffs was seven. And oh uh, my gosh, that's crazy to think. And they wow, but they're coming. And they were nearly yeah. moved out. Track. And they were nearly moved out of town uh. because of that. So it was that's how bad they were, and. I don't think any organization wants to go down that road, but you know, at this point, everyone looking at the Warriors can say, "Well, maybe, you know, maybe we should." But if it if it's me, if it, if it's Jeff, the GM, doing this, I th- I think we made forty wins last year. Who's saying we can't get forty five? You know, make this make the incremental steps going up, 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 and we'll see what we can do. But I would not want to go retreat even further because that would just send a horrible signal. To I, w- I
1: want to hear Harrison's on the, the original question, which was with the young Kenneth Fareed and uh, Mason Plumlee, the only vets on the roster, what does that team do next year?
2: I think that's a 30-35 to one team. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm with you on the Jamal Murray point. I mean, you guys know how high I am on Jamal Murray, but it's a lot to ask of him to come in here in year two and, and lead a team to fight for the eight seed. If you, I mean, if we remember last year, this team was trending to be like a 35, 36 win team. And then they got hot in the second half of the season, like as Portland got hot. So,
1: I mean, f- flashback to that. Pitch. I mean, I, th- I true, really believe true, that. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't they got, wasn't that like they horrible got start. unsustainably. They, they figured out something that worked, but I do think Gallo and Wilson are such an under pre, by, by the, the most fans at least from that I interact with is such an underappreciated part of that
2: right and if you lose Gallinari, which I think we all think they will and you know potentially Wilson Chandler, although I think they might he might still be here next year, like that's like thirty percent of your offense yeah. you know that, that's like a huge chunk of your offense
0: twenty five thirty percent of your scoring It is really hard to replace Gallo's efficiency the yeah. way he was hitting last year. But you could probably replicate his scoring with Wilson if he stays, but not ne- necessarily, I wouldn't say, the efficiency that Gallup has. So. I, think, I
1: think the duo of the two is part of what was so great for the Nuggets, yeah. because the Jokic offense really, the spacing that those two provide and some of the positional like matchups, defensively teams have that matchup weird against those two, I, I, that's just hard to replicate, so... I do think there's a good real chance that the Nuggets step back. Now that being said, there's a real chance Jokic makes another leap. There's a real chance Gary Harris and and, and Jamal Murray make another leap. So keep, keep lifting those tires. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we're, let's let's go to this super team thing because. Uh, the, the, the playoffs have sucked, as Jeff has let us know every time a game is <laughs> on. It's awful. We, uh, I get I get the text
0: of almost every single game of God, this well, sucks. This worse th- than the one before. Jeff
1: wasn't even
2: watching Game Three. <laughs> I not <didn't> even <laughs> until I told him to turn you it know, on. I did not
0: even watch Game. Th- I turned it off and I said I texted it to everyone. And I said, "How's the game going?" Well, that's pretty good, Jeff. You should turn <laughs> it on. <off." laughs>
1: oh, all right. And no sooner did he turn it on, the Warriors went on
0: a run. The Warriors goes on an eleven zero run. <laughs> can kill kill LeBron James at the end. Uh, But this is
1: the interesting thing that I don't think people are pulling on properly because I have all the answers. No, but my opinion is a little bit different than what people have. The super team idea. You know, I think this is going to have... effects down the line that aren't everybody isn't hitting. And, and one of those is like everybody's saying, well, you just got to wait out the Warriors. I don't think that's a viable option. I really don't because who knows what the Warriors are going to look like in two, three, four, five, six years. So waiting out the Warriors for one could take six years, which doesn't make sense. Or it could w- take one year and, and now the things are different and if you hadn't started that process now. But the unintended consequence or maybe intended consequence I could see is this idea of super quick pivoting. And what I mean is, like, the Lakers, very early in a rebuild with some not great assets. What are the odds that in one year from right now, their team is LeBron James and, and Paul George and Jimmy Butler? And, like, how much are teams going to be asset collectors and that completely pivot in one year in overhaul? and overhaul? And part of that is I don't think it's going to be in the teams' hands. It's going to be in the players' hands. Like, if LeBron James called Josh Kroenke and said, look, you got a lot of good players— I want you to trade everything for Chris Paul, Paul George, and myself. Like, is this going to be the future of the NBA of, of teams saying, you know what, abandon the plan, let's pivot?
3: I don't, I don't necessarily think it is because the Warriors, I mean, they're a super team in the fact that they're really, really good. But when you think about it, when you sit down and really think about it, they're not built like a super team. They were, they were built by very good drafting and making a couple of very good free agent signings. So I mean if you try and if you're trying to replicate what they're doing what what you're actually doing is 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 trying to follow that model instead of what doing something with, I think what you're talking about is more similar to what the heat um, did and and when you think about this when the heat formed when LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh formed if you told people at then yeah you know they'll they'll go to four straight championships and and they'll win two of them but after that the team is going to be completely disbanded People and I probably think that, would
1: think you're crazy. I don't, But see, that's what I don't think is crazy anymore. And first of all, the Warriors aren't replicable because of the things you said. They drafted three players. They got all of them on really cheap contracts because of right. circumstances, and then the cap spiked. So I don't think that people can replicate the Warriors, but I do think people can replicate the Heat, and that might be the only option to trying to combat the the Warriors <laughs> is to have a Heat-like team do you think, though, that having a Heat—could that Heat team beat this Warriors team? I don't think team they could. That team can't, but a team of three stars all converging on one place can if it's right and you have the right role players in place. And here's—let's just let's just do a thought experiment here, okay, with the Denver Nuggets. They have Nikola Jokic on the best deal imaginable, and he's a center. Mm-hmm. So that means you have four spots and you have one starting all-star caliber player that's already dirt cheap, and you've got Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Wancho, uh, draft pick this year and next year. Can you trade all of those pieces for Jimmy Butler and Paul George? Just in theory, I think you can because mm-hmm. that's a yep, lot of I'd draft agree. picks, a lot of really young, good, talented young people, and, and Paul George is probably on his way out the door already. And not only can you sign those guys, but with Ka- Gallo and Plumlee off the books and maybe you move Kenneth Reed now you have like $80 million to spend, so you can actually add uh, Chris Paul on top of all that. So as dumb as it would be from a longevity standpoint because you're talking about opening a door really wide for one season then paul george is gone but maybe that's the future of the nba is like look do we want to have murray harris and Jokic for 10 years or do we want to have Jokic, chris paul butler and and paul george for one year and honestly that team is probably the best possible scenario but again it's 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 spending all these years for a rebuild for this one pivot Yes. Yeah. And you look like you have a lot of annoyed. Opinion, like you're. No, annoyed. I, I,
2: I just I just don't know, man. It's because the Nuggets have done have made really mostly all the right moves over the past, you know, two or two years, I'd say. And from my perspective, I, I can see the current core here. I can see that in four or five years what it would look like. And I think they'd be really good. But but like you said, I mean, there's going to be pressure to to get good quicker. There's going to be pressure to sign guys and trade guys. But
1: but I'm but real quick because I'm using Denver just because that's what everybody's familiar with and our listeners are familiar with. But the Lakers are in a similar situation. Um, Philadelphia is in a similar situation. Like there's teams that have a bunch of young talent that maybe they just want to cash all all of that in and that and that's what i'm getting at not necessarily the nuggets
3: one thing i would say though that where where i would think the nuggets would be more likely than those two teams um is the financial part of it the nuggets are the worst in attendance they they can't get anybody to watch their games on tv like i could see them having feeling more pressure to bring in stars now and generate excitement where in comparison to a team like the lakers who's always going to have that following
1: but again this isn't tim conley calling lebron and ask him if he wants to make the super team this is lebron looking around and saying calling a team and that's why I don't think it would be the Nuggets but he calling the Lakers and saying look you got D'Angelo you got Ingram you got Lonzo you got next year's pick trade it all you think they're going with Lonzo I do think they're going with Lonzo (laughs) for sure (laughs) (laughs) but I
2: I think you're right I mean because I think the players are running the league right now yeah they are I mean they're the ones who were totally against the cap smoothing to get the the spike in salary cap and I mean, they're they're making decisions. They're deciding where they want to play. They're running the league right now. So I think that is the future. Oh. For if you're a big market team, hey, yeah, that's great. If you're a team like Denver, I don't think that's so great.
1: How funny would it be on draft night, though? Just Tim Conley gets a phone call from so-and-so's agent that's like, hey – so Chris Paul and LeBron have been talking, and uh, here's what we want you to do. Like, Well, Come we on, have all man. these plans. I know, I'm saying it's unrealistic for How Denver, but it's be not to that unrealistic my opinion the for the face. Lakers. And and those talks maybe have already been talk- going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes, but I'm just saying for these young teams, it's not
0: unrealistic that these phone calls could happen. Well, a good kind of uh, conversation that you and I were having in the car on the way over here was I, I, I had mentioned that in the 90s um, – Jordan actually benefited by the fact that the Lakers were thoroughly mediocre right. at that time, and they were they had been since Magic left. The Warriors, I right know, are benefiting from the Na- the Lakers sucking. Mm-hmm. When, the, when the Lakers are good, they are like a black hole and they suck everything in. When the Lakers are excellent, it's like it, it tops everything anyone can imagine. And I think that the only team, the only team in this league that has the potential of just suddenly getting better, like they did in 1996 when uh, Shaq came, wa- is the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Because every player wants to play there. That's the only team that can say that. Even even the Warriors. Yeah. And so w- what do you do in a situation where you have a cap spike and you have all this stuff happening going on, and you have a p- – basically is Harrison was saying, the players are running the league. Where's the one place that every player they wants to go? The Lakers suck right now, but the Lakers are the ones who can do that the quickest, go from awful to amazing in the blink of an eye. And when you have a situation like that, it, it, creates, the, it creates a different kind of dynamic within the Western Conference specifically. The Nuggets are in a position right now where they are not a glen- – they're <laughs> not a glamour market I have no idea what that sound is uh, they, they are in a, they're not in a glamour market they've uh, got some good pieces but they don't have additional stars you know and so they will their ceiling if they, all these guys progress is capped at good it depends on what the Nuggets want and if they, and if they want to be excellent then they're going to have to do something else or get really bad but I don't think that relying on a core of that they got right now, you can look at them and say these guys are all going to be the guys that lead them to a championship. I, I don't know. I, how I think
2: start. the core they have now can lead them to a championship.
0: Oh, my God, really?
2: Yeah. I think Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Nikola Jokic can be
1: your three
2: best players on a
1: championship team. That's that th- the
0: th- hottest of hot takes. I don't,
1: really? I, I've said it before. Yeah, I don't know that it is. But the, the, the one thing I'll say is that that means your power forward really has to be a unique type type player, because it really does have yeah. to have some rim protection. And yeah. Yeah, because so that, I,
0: that's... Well, because Jokic isn't good enough defensively to, to protect the rim, right? right so right. we found that out last year. So right now, the, that core right now features Kenneth Farid, who is not a rim rim protector. Well, what are you going to do that that player is not currently on this roster? So I can't sure. say the Nuggets are going to be a championship level team.
2: I, I, think, I think they have the core here. I mean, looking back to what Golden State was before... They took that leap after that playoff series with the Nuggets. They weren't an attractive free agent destination. You know, nobody really wants to go play in Oakland, but now they are because, you know, they progress. They keep the core together, and, and this is where, where they happen. But I, I think the Nuggets have the pieces in place. Yeah, they need a four next to Jokic, but, I mean, looking around the league right now, I don't know if there's a guy you can look at that's in the league right now that you can say – that's gettable that you can say is the perfect piece next we to him. Are
0: assuming that Murray is going to be a point guard? I think so. I, I, I'm assuming that, too. And yeah. it's not
1: an assumption that it'll work, but he, it has to be for the core to be right. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah it, for that for that projection, you have to have a Murray playing point. And there's a lot of people who are out there saying that Murray – I mean, what was that thread on, uh, on Twitter, which I didn't necessarily uh, totally agree with, but – the guy was saying yeah, that do uh, yeah, not, like not, not a well I don't player.
2: think that guy watched him Murray yeah, play yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, I, think I think he, he did just did looked it. at numbers and said, what Hey, you he only that? shot thirty percent from three last year. If he's
0: going to be uh, a point guard, he's gonna definitely have to improve. Point guarding? Point guarding. Sure, know. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean we're, we're uh, but I mean, you never know. But anyway, as of right now, it's hard to project. But uh, that sort of thing, you have to have those elements in place and then listen, if as Adam was saying a superstar wants to come in here. A, a, guy, a guy who wants to do that, he's going to dictate what's on this roster to a very large extent. So you may be he lo- may be looking at this roster thinking nah, I'm a I'm going to be I'm a three, but I don't really want to play next to Gary Harris. You're going to have to trade Gary Harris. you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, too many crazy thoughts. Uh, I d- I do like the core of this roster though. I d- I d- I really do believe in those guys. And the funny thing is they are on such cheap contracts for a while and. and um i'm a big believer you know here's another interesting thing there's a lot of variables in the nuggets offense and, and i know it's hard to project this stuff we'll project this stuff again in three weeks but i have some concerns that the offense is going to look a lot worse next year and part of that is the loss of gallinari and maybe wilson chandler and then part of that is the loss of chris finch which i think could be a real issue um the offense is already in place, so to speak, because they've run it for a year. But at the same time, there's going to be some different pieces and adjustments throughout the season that need to be made. And the offense was so different before Finch got here and so different after that. I, I, it's at least something to, to to keep an eye on.
3: Right. And, well, I mean, it's going to be tough. To, it would have been tough to even if they keep everybody tough to replicate just because the offense was so good. Um, last season, I think you make bring a great point that with, with Gallo and with, um, with Finch, especially, uh, and potentially Wilson Chandler. I mean, we could get into a debate about whether or not he'll be here, but, um, that's a big hit. Now they could, they could, um, they could supplement that right they they've got Wancho could could improve jamal murray could improve gary harris can still get better nicole yoke still get better they also got a, a ton of money i mean they they could go out grand the free agent markets they not might great. have a ton
1: of money halfway through free agency that, so.
3: and that and that's true right and they might not be able to convince anybody to sign we've seen them strike out uh, time and time again especially in free agency um I don't think though. I don't think necessarily though that it's a totally bad thing if the offense gets a little bit worse. Like the defense has to get better, and if the defense gets better, you can you can take a little bit less on offense and still be a good team.
1: You this one i'm gonna pivot a little bit um, for the second straight year manuel mudier has not been here and we don't know anything about i mean we're, we're we're kind of projecting a little bit here but is that a big deal or not big deal because gary harris is here jamal murray's here uh, gary harris has been here for both summers i yeah. mean quite a bit jamal murray seems to like love it here and is, working out time. Here. is it a, is that something we should be reading into
3: um can i get back to him like six months on that <laughs> and let you know it's it's tough right because it's it for a guy who's drafted as high as Moutier was, and for the physical gifts that he has for him to have no really noticeable improvement, I mean a yeah. little bit better free throw shooter, but really no noticeable improvement from year one to year two, where most guys that's where they gain a lot of improvement just because they they're getting used to the league it's tough to say i think it, I think it's fair to read into it. the thing is we only have the one off season as an example, so we don't and, know yet
1: and we and we're doing the classic where we know the symptom, but we don't know the diagnosis right, exactly. and so.
2: I mean, the, the answer is we don't know, but I, I think it's something for sure. Because if, if it's not a secret that nearly every guy on the roster has been through Pepsi Center, at least in some capacity this summer, but I don't think Moutier has. If he has, we haven't seen it. Right, right. and you know, we, we don't know what his offseason regimen is. It could be totally different than last se- off-season, for all we know, but I think what's clear is there's a log gym at point guard, And I think it's pretty safe to say that one of those point guards probably won't be here Mm. next season Mm. out of Jamal Murray, Moutier, and Jameer Mm. Nelson. Mm. There's not enough minutes for all three of those guys, and I feel like it's pretty clear that one of them won't be here.
3: Yeah, and I think you're also going to have, you, you don't have a situation where, I mean, really we're talking about either Jameer or Moutier being the guy who's not going to get minutes, and I don't think either one of them is going to be too happy about that, so I, I don't
1: think
2: It wouldn't a, make sense for Nuggets, it wouldn't make sense for right. either of them. I right. could
1: see both of them being gone, honestly, and a whole new backup veteran or something but,
2: but, but we've talked i mean there's so many moves the nuggets need to make, right we've <laughs> we are this talking we like seven, seven for moves two. <laughs> <laughs> they need to consolidate the roster need to uh, decide what they're doing at backup point like there's so many moves they need to make what uh, are they doing at power, power? plus who's but taking on
3: jameer nelson
2: what so i only one year on nelson. a serviceable oh, shooter. Sure a of, uh, i think somebody sure one year would take on jameer nelson yeah but uh there's so many moves they need to make it's impossible to do all that in one summer
1: uh, There's yeah. going to
2: be issues with the roster next year in some capacity. Just still. your
1: quick opinion. Is it a deal, a big deal that Moody is not here, or should we not read into it's,
0: it? Uh, I think it's a big deal. And I think someone who was benched last year probably shouldn't be so casual. I mean, that's my, that would be my thought. Right. And I think that that was a, a small indication to me that maybe he was not necessarily learning the lesson that I think the Nuggets were wanting him to learn. Uh, that's that's just my opinion on it. I think that's a bad sign.
1: Let's wrap up this pod because we got like ten, twenty minutes before we need to go back upstairs for the second round of drafts uh, prospects. But which which will probably be like actually an hour from now. <laughs> but <laughs> we're supposed to be up there twenty minutes from now. But let me just play a game of um, ooh, a game. Uh, yeah, a game of. <laughs> of or I'm just going <laughs> to ask a question. You guys give me uh, you know your your guess. How many lottery draft picks will be traded on draft night? I'll start. With How many lot? Players or L- picks? lottery picks? So picks one through thirteen. How many of those will be traded on draft night? Uh, two. Ooh, that's kind of a high number. Really? I feel like it is. Yeah. Well, I feel like Sacramento's
2: definitely going to do something with their two picks, so that's one.
1: Oh gosh, you're right because that's two. Okay, that that counts as one though. No, I'm
2: ca- I'm counting okay. that as one, and okay. then I feel like somebody else will okay. trade up or trade
0: down. Jeff, I'm with Harrison too.
1: Kings being Kings the likeliest. Dun,
0: dun, dun.
3: I uh, I wish I had a hot take for you But I'm also as well on two <laughs> Man, you, guys are,
0: you
1: guys all suck, <laughs>
3: I, I suck It could ball. be yeah, true. Hey, Harrison
1: you're off the hook It right. could be Boston though right oh, Boston's <laughs> no. not trading that pick <laughs> Again We're talking about a team that can consolidate Into a con- immediate contender I don't think so either but I yeah, think the right. odds are higher Than 0% that they Yeah, right. I don't, I don't actually think three they'll do that What would be the
2: trade though Who? Jimmy what? Butler Jimmy Butler, he's not worth the
3: first pick. It's, I don't think. If
2: okay. you get
1: Gordon Hayward and Jimmy Butler, though, you get a bit of a
0: jam on the. And I'd have down. to look
1: at their books and see. You have a thought.
0: <laughs> That's right. Requesting that. Um, that report from Stein today that that the Heat are players for uh, uh, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> if they're a legit contender for it, that may play into Boston's thinking with with that. Uh, hmm with
1: that pick. I'm rooting for it cuz that in my opinion makes Joe Ingles get a more gettable cuz I don't does what is Utah do if Gordon Hayward leaves, man? Can you oh imagine man, like that they they've, they've done this slow bit tough stuff. This is the Nuggets nightmare. As you do this slow rebuild and you're growing and growing getting yep. better and better and better and then right when you're ready Jokic is like, "All right. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to Milwaukee cuz there's Serbian fans there." Yeah, I
2: think Denver's core is a higher ceiling than what Utah <laughs> was building though. <laughs> Just making sure you got it in stereo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Denver's core right now is has a higher level they can get to the, than what Utah got to. I,
0: I think so. They the, the Nuggets don't have a Gobert, but I mean the rest of the pieces. Yeah, I can see that. But listen, that's that. You're making a good point. That's a legitimate thing. And listen, I, I think if uh, I think if Gordon Hayward goes to Miami, um, Danilo Gallinari is going to make a lot of money.
1: Mm. What if he went to Utah?
0: Oh, oh. can you
1: imagine? Oh, he's, he's not going he's, to Utah. No. <laughs> Just imagine though, if he did. Anyway, all right. Let's go on to the next one. Uh what are the odds that Kevin Love has traded this offseason? Actually, star Zach. Uh Look, I don't I don't
3: ever want to put it too high on trades cuz just cuz they're so hard to predict. I would say though at least 50%. Ooh. Which for me that's that's saying I think likely. Yeah. That is super high.
2: Um Man, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um I'll say I'll say 30%.
1: We have four mics, but only three are working. We don't know why. So we're passing around mics. 46.7%. Oh, my nice. gosh. That's so detailed. He's <laughs> ran the numbers. <laughs> Jeff is an analytics guy. Jeff really loves <laughs> analytics. So it's, uh, that's a
0: shout out to all the analytics pros <laughs> who are watching this right bros. now. Pros. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, so what,
2: what do you think?
1: What could they get for Kevin Love? Paul George for one year again this is the weird thing I'm talking about Mm -hmm. the Cleveland in a vacuum would never trade a guy they have under contract for a guy that's going to bolt but maybe this is the new NBA where it's like you know what screw it just we've only get so many chances go all in
2: yeah I think 30 is a little low actually I'm with Zach. I'd say maybe 45. They they
3: have to do something, right? I mean, they they just got LeBron is not is is not getting any younger. All right, this is your last shot with him, and you're about to get swept out of the finals uh, by these Warriors. So, meaning you didn't even compete. Like you have to make a change. You you you're not getting rid of LeBron. You're probably not getting rid of Kyrie because he's kind of the guy you look at after LeBron is being gone as being your next um, being your next. Uh, Kyrie? Yeah, I think, I think he's probably... Well, he's, he's the closest thing you have right now on your roster to being the next face of the franchise. I would trade um, Kyrie. If
1: LeBron left, I would trade him. Like really? Immediately. I and
2: just don't think Le- he can run a team. Yeah, like and you know LeBron's going to put a ton of pressure on the front office to do stuff this summer.
3: And I he's I never really... You never really got that feeling
0: he liked Kevin Love, right? I, listen. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I, I don't know, man. I'm not touching that. I don't, I don't know. Let me ask you guys something. Kyrie, you, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Kyrie, cannot... Run a team, right. a Small scorer is score a scorer, is. yeah. Mm-hmm. What if he was on the Nuggets? Oh God, it would be the worst. It'd be awesome, it was. What? It
1: Kyrie on the Nuggets, like he would. When would Jokic touch? That? I mean, I just don't think Kyrie knows. Like, oh, this is our offense is to keep giving this guy touches.
0: Well, I mean, one of the Nuggets, what the Nuggets suffered from last year is lack of scoring, basically from the point guard. Now, and in could the that fourth, could be, yeah. that could be remedied by. By Murray emerging as as uh, these things, I mean, but I'm, wha- I'm just throwing that out there. But what if there was a p- someone who scored as much as Kyrie Irving? I mean, he had what forty something points. In the I, th- last th- game I think you what? might
1: you need a player like that from the small forward position with this Nugget roster. I don't think you need it from the point guard position.
0: Well, oh man, if you're looking for a small forward, there's nothing. Out there. well, not
1: this year. Uh, except for Joe Adam Ingles, in superstar, score 28 superstar points a game. Joe, Joe <laughs> Lumpy
0: Gallo himself.
1: Lumpy Gallo. All right, let's do this one. Uh, what are the odds Paul George has traded? I guess maybe this is partially connected to the love thing, but what are the odds that he begins the season in a Pacer uniform?
2: I think they're pretty high because I don't know what you're really going to get for him at this point, other than if it's Kevin Love maybe. Because looking at him, like you know he's going to the Lakers next summer.
1: But what if he goes to the Lakers this year? Again, with the idea of LeBron's 32 or 30, yeah, 32. He, does, he you can't just say like if your plan is to pair Paul George and LeBron in LA like the rumor is growing rapidly, this is getting steam. You can't wait for LeBron to be 34.
2: Well, they wait one more
1: year and then just sign him in free agency and LeBron will be a free agent then too. Yeah, maybe. Right. And, th- and then you have the trade pieces to pick up a third or right. fourth and or fifth <laughs> right. four or sixth right. superstar. And Randall and this is five years from now. Every super team is actually eight all stars. <laughs> 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 we look back at the days when the Warriors teams. only had four. <laughs> uh, I um, boy, if if
3: Indiana has any brains at all, it should be a hundred percent right. And maybe not, maybe not by the opening season, but by trade deadline, because I think it's it's just so painfully obvious he's not going to go re-sign with them. Uh, get what you can. I think, though, I, I'm kind of in agreement with Harrison. I don't know that he gets traded this off season,
1: and then I think you end up moving him at the deadline for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think a lot of it hinges on the Lakers, and if they start making, if the moves start happening, then I think then you maybe. Play that Russian roulette game to see if they'll blink and try to m- make some kind of deal. You'll know
0: when the Lakers will. S- I mean, this is one of those things. Like, I s- like I said, I saw it with Shaq in ni- in two thousand, or excuse me, in ninety six, and again with uh, Pau in uh, two thousand eight. There was, it was like, rumbling, and it says it, it, the Lakers are the only team in the NBA that can can, can like, just suck everything in, and if you, if the Nuggets are, or excuse me, the Lakers are making moves. It would be like, a f- like it's just like a magnet. Everyone will be drawn into it. And it would be a feeding frenzy on who gets to gets to go to the Lakers. And, and right now, my fear is that the Lakers are positioning themselves like that right now. They've just been biding their time. And I know they've been awful. But my fear has just been like they know that it's inevitable that it's, it's going to turn again, like it always does with the Lakers. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, that's just my fear.
1: All right, I got two more for you. One, what are the odds the Nuggets make a trade on draft night?
0: Well, I think pretty good because I, I, I would speculate that they're going to move back in the draft. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'd go 25%.
2: Oh, I think it's pretty high. I'd say like 60%, uh-huh. 70% that they
3: make some kind of move. See, I want to believe that, but like every year we say this. We're like, oh, yeah, this is the move. They're going to have to do it. And then uh, what do we hear? Oh, we but were thi- really aggressive, the but this is year. This is the year. Right. Is the year. <laughs> that's
1: true. Um, oh, last one. What are the odds? Nikola Jokic comes into training camp in – the greatest shape of his life.
2: Ten <laughs> oh, percent.
3: Yes, I am actually. I was gonna say ten percent as well. Because the
1: greatest
2: shape of his life was middle of the season. Last, probably when he came into camp, his first year when he lost like the thirty pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So you don't see that happening.
2: No.
0: No. Uh, You've seen pictures of him, right? I have. He's he's, he's working his... Oh, he's working his ass off. Jerry Harrison. And he still looks like he yeah. just came from a dinner where he ate <laughs> five pork chops. <laughs> okay? I, his body, I mean, he's got, a, I, Matt Moore pointed this out when I said this. I said, like, he's got that, like, no matter how hard he works, you'll never have abs mm-hmm. kind of look. And Matt Moore said, well, that's more relatable than Steph Curry. And I go, like, Bingo. Hey, he is quickly
1: becoming super relatable, right? That's why I said last night he's the anti star. Like, he does all the things that stars try to avoid, which is looking goofy with their shirt off (laughs) and like working out with people in (laughs) other languages. What do you say, Zach? What are the odds? Best God. shape of his. Like life I said, I'm I'm, I'm
3: I'm on I'm with a Harrison. I think 10, percent just because. Yes, look, here's the thing: Jokic doesn't need to be. I mean, we all want him to be, but he doesn't. He's a very good player without being in the best shape.
1: But this is where I don't. That he wants this to is where be I disagree. In. He is a great player without it. You're right, but I just think it's not about. He's not going to look like Mason Plumlee, right? Where Mason right. Plumlee actually pretty ripped, dude. He's not ever going to look like that. But no. there is a difference between like he's a step quicker and. Th- th- a half step quicker than he was to, you know at any point last season sure. i'm going 80% i think he's coming in in the best shape uh-huh. i got this
0: let's let's do it Jokic. don't let me down 80% <laughs> 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 he needs to work on his endurance he got very tired and uh, you could see it and when he started dragging he would make he would make mental mistakes and so he'd make those fouls he'd yeah do the f- frustration fouls he'd, he'd make a dumb pass he, he when he That's just exhaustion. That that happens to everyone. And I think that that was uh, something I saw last year. But I think at the end of last year, he had actually done something remarkable and gained weight, which (laughs) I, I, you would think that during a basketball season, with all the running you do, that it would be nearly impossible for you to, to gain weight like that. But by the end of the season, he was not—he was in less shape than he was when he came in. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it, man. I just don't see it. I, I've
2: got one for you guys before we, uh, before we get out of here, if is that's the, all right. This,
1: this is the Harrison podcast.
2: Um, what are the odds of Nuggets sign Blake Griffin this summer? Oh, that's a great one. Good job. Because I'd wager a guess that he's their top target in free agency.
0: I'd say greater, and this is high for the Nuggets, I'd say about 25%. Hmm. I'll go with like uh,
3: one percent because not because I, I totally agree I think he's their top target I think Blake Griffin has no
1: no desire to come play in Denver whatsoever that's the thing I was thinking as well like that would be the bigger factor in, in all of this is he, will he have multiple suitors and then what do you have to be uh so I'm gonna go with you I'm gonna say like 10 percent and I think the Nuggets pursuing him I, I imagine he's on the radar although I don't know if he's the only power forward on the radar I think Paul Mills that hopefully is also on the radar but um I'm going to say 10%. What what
2: do you think his fit is like here? I hate it. Yeah.
1: I don't
0: like it.
2: I would say I hate it more on offense than I do on defense even. <sighs>
0: I, I just I just don't I don't think it would work. He,
1: I could see him and Jokic not getting along too. Uh, yeah.
0: Um uh, yeah, just, that, that like as a I fit, never like that I, mean, I could see the Nuggets really going after him. I just don't I don't see how it would work personally.
2: Yeah, I don't I hate the fit on offense. I mean, I've told you guys this. Like Blake Griffin's one of my least favorite superstars <laughs> to watch, which is kind of a weird opinion. But it's like that ISO, that jumper from the elbow mm-hmm. that he what loves. If, uh, what
0: if what uh, if Jokic is just throwing nothing but do- uh, lobs to to, to Blake? Uh, I just don't Although, see it, JD and Jokic. I also don't
2: see him. I also don't think Griffin would be a great influence on this young locker room either.
1: Guys, this was great. We got to get back upstairs, but I would just want to say, I it just dawned on me that. This podcast was actually a meeting of the minds of the hosts of the four major Nuggets podcasts. Oh, well,
0: yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, th- this was kind of great. We this should just, just not f- occur to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although there is one other pod, the BSN Imposter Pod, which
0: I'm teasing here. No comment. There was, there was, there was we, we all miss our mates IBSN <laughs> yeah,
1: because <and> <laughs> he was like eight hours behind. Yeah, because it was way back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, thank you guys so much for coming on. Be sure to follow these guys and listen to their podcasts. They all do. I, I, I really do think that all of us cover the Nuggets in, in different and unique ways with our shows, and I think it's really, 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 really cool. I listen to all of them. So um, follow King of Thornton, NBA Wind, Zach Mekash, and uh, Bye. see you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Lockdown On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web, com.